Thank you for joining me on my Do Less show. I'm your host, Shanice Miller, where I show business owners just like you how you need to do less and make your business less dependent on you, or you won't have a business in the long term. I know that all of us has experienced the stress of having to wear those multiple hats in your business. When you first start off in business, you're really the chief of everything. Marketing, the sales, doing all the client work, maintaining the bookkeeping, posting on social media, strategy, customer service, and on and on and on. But suddenly, doing everything becomes overwhelming, exhausting, even frustrating. You're getting a lot of clients now, and you have to focus on delivering what you promised. But now you're using all of your time doing client work, and you don't have the time to market to get more clients. So after you finish the client work, you're in a drought and kind of scrambling to find more work. And then that vicious cycle just continues of, okay, I have clients now that I finished the client work, I promised I stopped marketing, so I don't have those clients in place anymore. You know that you need to give up some control and hire someone to help you with some of these tasks, but it's really daunting. How do you know if someone is going to really help you or just end up this massive headache that you wasted money, time, and energy on? I am Shanice Miller, and welcome to my podcast, Do Less. Yes, that's right, Do Less. It used to be cool to work 60 hours a week, but the world has gotten smarter and realized why spend more time to make the same or less money. I help small business owners build systems and processes to help them scale and find more time for themselves and their families. I'm going to provide you the best practices and all the tools and tips to scale your business. Welcome to my show. Today, I'm bringing Jamie Van Kuyk on the show to share her experience on how she got stuck in her business by trying to do it all by herself. Jamie, the owner of Growing Your Team, is an expert in hiring teams. By learning the dynamics of each company and their specific needs, Jamie provides bespoke hiring frameworks and comprehensive guidance to help women entrepreneurs gain the confidence to hire like a pro, which is why I wanted her to share her journey with you. I've been in this situation with being a one-man band in my business and just feeling those intense and painful growing pains as a result, and you might be in this exact situation right now. So I wanted Jamie to share with all of us who might be in that place to understand that there is a path out. Jamie, so glad that you're on the show today. Yes, thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited. So what was that point for you where you were stuck trying to do it all in your business? So I think it's one of those funny things because obviously I help people kind of through this problem and hire and get past the point. The businesses we love to work with, our idea clients are those like CEOs that are realizing they have too much on their plate and need to hire someone. So we're in this every day with our clients, but it's one of those things where it's the cobbler's children don't have shoes, where it's like you do it for everybody else. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I'm completely ignoring what's going on in my own business. Wow. And so, so when you realized you were completely ignoring what was in your own business, how did that feel? It was kind of like eye-opening in a way. It was kind of, wait, I'm holding myself back. Like I'm doing everything I advise my clients. Hey, look out for this, look out for this, look out for this. And it's like, why am I not doing it myself? I felt like I was working so much 
and just being to a point where I'm I'm tired, but I can't like, what else can I do? Can do I have the ability to bring on more clients? Like what's going on? And being like, wait, like why, why am I sitting in this discomfort when I know the steps that can be taken? And to really go about like that moment when I realized it is it was I had a team member who was working for me about 10 hours a week and she was doing some a subset of tasks for me. And at that point in time, we still do a lot of full service recruiting, but at that point in time, our numbers of full service recruiting clients was way higher than it is now. And we've made the decision, we've adjusted what type of projects we take we take on and everything there. So we've made some business decisions that have reduced that number of full service recruiting clients. But at that point Can in time, we had a you just tell the audience what full service recruiting clients is? Just yes, yes, definitely. Don't know. Yeah, so full service is instead of us guiding our our clients through the hiring process and teaching them and educating while they do all the work, we take over a majority of the work. So mm-hmm. my, myself and my team, we post a job, we review every resume that comes in, we complete all first round interviews, we coordinate all second round interviews with the clients, we help them make the decision and everything, but we took over a bulk, bulk of the work. That's and- actually wonderful because interviewing is a full-time job. Oh, it I really, was, really is. I was just going through that process and going through, sifting through, trying to find some more people to bring on the team for helping with our client delivery work. And it is overwhelming. So it is. Yeah. And that's that's one of the reasons why, like, you know, we'll always have that as one of our service offerings because a lot of clients come to us in this point where they are literally underwater when it comes to time. So thinking about, they're like, they, yeah, I want to learn how to hire better, but I literally don't have time. You know, so I need help in this regard. So with that, that time it, for myself, I was sitting there and I was still doing all the interviews myself for every one of our clients. I was doing every first round interview, and I was just like feeling like. I can't get any of my CEO tasks done. And I was like, what's going on? Because the team member I had, she was amazing. Like she reviewed every resume that came in and she coordinated every interview for me. So all I had to do for those interviews was show up and conduct the interview and then write my interview notes and talk to the client afterwards for those projects. And I looked at my calendar for over a period of a month and a half. And I realized I was spending an average of 13 to 20 hours a week conducting interviews. Wow. And that didn't include anything else I was doing for my clients. So there were some weeks I was spending 20 hours a week just in interviews because we'd have like 20 plus interviews going on. And I'm just like, I can completely agree because I found myself in the midst of that too. When I was interviewing, going through, sifting through the job forms, I thought I was cutting it down by asking them to like send me this one minute Zoom video so that I can kind of weed out a lot of people first before really jumping on that call and diving in a little bit deeper. But it still just takes so much time. Yeah, it does. It takes a lot of time. One of the differences is when you're doing it for your own business, if you're hiring one person and then you're like, you hire that person and you're done. For us, it was never ending because we were bringing on more clients and doing more and more. So it was at that moment that I realized, I was like, I need my team member to do more. I need to change the position that I have on my team. So that way that person isn't just reviewing resumes, but also completing interviews and taking some of that work Mm -hmm. or all of that work off my plate. So that way I can do the work that, really matters like for for me and the business like for some of the positions that we were interviewing at that point in time like it didn't matter if i did the interview or not it just mattered that the interview was getting done and we could provide this information to our clients for the people that they needed to interview so it was just one of those things when i realized that like i didn't have time in my business 
what's taking my time and looking at it and the things that were taking my the bulk of my time was not something I actually had to be doing, but it was something my business had to be doing. Mm. I think that's a really good a point to make is that what is the bulk of my time? Is this the best use of my time? Do I really need to be doing this or not? What were some of the things that you felt like you needed to do that you weren't doing because you were spending so much time on those interviews? Yeah. So one of the things was just really being there in the way I was supposed to be there for my clients. So after we complete the interviews, we're writing up these interview notes for the people that we think are really good for them and we're presenting them to the clients and then we're guiding them through the part of the process that they have to do. Because even though we were taking over most of the work, they still had to complete those interviews with those top candidates and they still had to make decisions. And I just felt like I never had time for that communication, that a client needed to schedule a meeting for me and with me. And I was just like, okay, when am I going to get this meeting on the calendar? Mm-hmm. Like I've like I felt overwhelmed by that portion of the work and that portion of the work was what I actually really enjoyed doing. You know, a client needed had questions so they could feel confident doing their interview. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I might have five minutes to squeeze you in before you have to do your interview. And it was just like one of those things where it just felt like I, I wasn't there providing the expertise or I felt overwhelmed actually providing the expertise that that's the whole reason I started this business. That's my passion. That's what I love. Mm-hmm. The other thing I realized that I was doing was you know, with, with marketing. I was still doing a lot of the marketing myself in a lot of ways. And there's still things that even as I get help, like I have to do, I'm the face of my business. I have to show up. I have to record videos. I have to do like some of these things. Like I have to help guide the team there, but I was doing everything myself and it's not my favorite thing to do. So it was always getting pushed to the bottom of the to-do list. If I had a busy client roster, I wasn't doing marketing, which then meant as clients rolled off, I didn't have always clients to fill those spots. So then I would go really high months, really low months, Then I'd be like, okay, I guess I got to do some marketing. Then I'd have really high months again. And the cycle would just repeat over and over again because I didn't have the time to do the marketing that I needed to be responsible for. And and so my my sales just went up and down, up and down. And I was able to see that. And I was able to then realize that, ooh, this work matters. Yeah. So how did it feel seeing that roller coaster of your sales going up and down, up and down? As you know, you're still doing great work for your clients. It was, it was frustrating. You know, it's one of those things when you have really good months as a business owner, especially when your business is at the level where it's mostly still just you and you have the smaller team and every sale is dependent on you in some way, shape or form, whether it's you going out and making the connection, whether it's you making a connection with someone else is going to send you a referral, whether it's, you know, even getting on the phone with that person or a Zoom call and making the sale, like closing the deal, like there's so much work that's there. So, you know, it's, it's really dependent on you to make these sales and, And when you see things go up and down, you're like, that's not just like business. It's not just work. It's not like, okay, I have a slow month. It's, oh my gosh, I thought I was on this high. Like my business is taking off. I can pay myself more. I can pay for this more expensive services and stuff. And then it's like, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay myself and all my bills this month? And it's like one of those things where it's just like, this has a big impact. It's not just a slow month. It's this panic of, am I then overspending in my business? Am I not going to be able to pay myself at the level that I've been paying myself, which then means, okay, things we're planning on doing as a family with that money, we can't do. And it's just that whole thing of like that kind of panic because you see the things go down. And then 
I and I talk to other people about this that were way more seasoned in business that have much bigger businesses that have huge teams. There's always still that fear that people have when there's that downslope that there's not going to be another upslope after it. And I've had someone who's whose business is seasonal. And so there's always that downslope and they know it and they can prepare for it, but they still have that panic of what if we don't have another good season next year? Like what if this something happens and this downslope is then where we're at? And it's just that that moment of panic where you're like, are people going to trust me again? Where's my next client going to come from? Yes. And I definitely have experienced that same thing. You have that really high month and then you're just like, can I do this again? So a little bit of like that imposter syndrome, like, am I really running this business? Am I really doing all the things? I mean, my systems have definitely cut down on that a lot because I've put in place systems for marketing. So those routine tasks that I normally would have had to do, they're still getting done while I'm doing the other stuff and I'm still putting someone in place to get those things done. So it is working a little bit more like clockwork, but I do remember those days of, it's just, <laughs> what what am I doing this month? What did I do last month that made it such a good month? And how do I get back to that month that I was before? And should I get another job? <laughs> I, should I get a full-time job? Because is my business going to survive? Those are definitely scary feelings to have. I remember like, yeah, I think that's an important thing to talk about. I remember having that feeling at one point in time and it wasn't necessarily when I was having one of those slow months. It's when my business was, it was growing and growing to a point, but I still didn't feel successful yet. Mm -hmm. I still hadn't matched my corporate income. And I feel like sometimes it's one of those things you see people and it's like, I left my corporate job and in a matter of three months, I matched my corporate income. And I'm just like, uh, and here I am three years and I haven't matched my corporate income. And like, so I remember that feeling at that point in time, it's like, maybe this isn't going to work. Maybe this isn't for me. And I remember having a conversation with my husband and being like, maybe I need to go out and get a part-time job. So that way I am, I have a source of income while I'm building this because, you know, and all this stuff. And I just remember him saying to me, and I was so thankful for this at that time was how much are you really going to make it a part-time job? What are you going to do that's going to really make you good money, you're probably going to be making what, maybe $15 an hour in a part-time job. So if you put in 20 hours a week at $15 an hour and you calculate that, is that worth taking that time away from your business? And it, he really did a great job of helping me see that, yeah, that extra money would be nice, but we weren't suffering as a family. You know, we were we were able to pay our bills. We were still able to do some some fun things, maybe not everything that we wanted, but we weren't suffering as a family. So I needed to realize and recognize the path that I was on and either continue down that path full in or, yeah, if I didn't want to keep challenging down that path, yeah, there was always the option to go get a full-time job elsewhere. But if I was enjoying what I wanted to do, if this really was my passion, there was no reason for me to to stop because I was having that fear. That fear was not actually something that was real in my family. Like my family wasn't, in a way hurting because I didn't have that additional income. And because of that, I was able to then like be like, stop feeling guilty about spending time on my business that wasn't making me as much money as I was in corporate. And then that, that additional time helped me grow the business to where it is now. Wow. So we definitely have to give some applause to your husband for giving you that prep talk. You know, sometimes family members, they're like, I had family members who are just like, 
here's this job because you had a really high paying job. So they have um, all these job openings. And I'm just like, well, I'm running my own business and I haven't asked anybody for anything. <laughs> so I don't know why you keep sliding me these opportunities for me to apply to. <laughs> but, you know, right. some people don't necessarily get it. So it was the fact that your husband got it. And that's a wonderful feeling to have. Yeah. I think some people think that the only way to make good money is to work in corporate. And that's not true. Like you can make good money working for yourself. And there's also that thing of good money is such a personal thing. What's good money to one person is not enough for another person. And it's an extreme high amount for another person. Mm -hmm. Like we all have different needs. We all live different lifestyles. And I remember talking to a business owner who she does some yoga and massages and everything. And her, I think she mentioned one of her family members always compares her to her sister that has a corporate job and her just having to tell her family like, yes, I make less money, but I am happy. Mm-hmm. And isn't that more important? Like I pay my bills, like I do everything that I need to do, but I am happy. So I'm not going to go and get a corporate job just to make more money. Yeah, definitely. The amount of money that you need is all relative, relative to your expenses, your spending money and for me, especially as I'm getting older, my happiness is the ultimate like thing. And I'm sure with you, you and your family, your family's happiness, your happiness, that's what's the biggest important. So where did you ultimately want to be that you were getting? Because I know you want to replace your corporate salary, but where was it that you wanted to be in business that not hiring, being that one man band was stopping you from getting to? So For some of it, it was also, I would say, just a time thing. It was that I was having to put in a lot of time. I was feeling stressed out. I was feeling overwhelmed by my business. And and, in some of those cases, I couldn't bring on more more clients. So I kind of felt like a little bit bit stuck. But a lot of it was time. Like I have two daughters um, as we're recording this. The one is about to turn 10. The other one is seven. And I felt like any minute I was spending with them, I should have been spending on my business. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. get myself out of that. Like they would go to bed and I'd have to go and work a little bit more. And and just things like that where I felt like I never had time to enjoy them and enjoy the things that we were doing that I was always attached to to my phone or things like that. And when I hired actually my first employee, so this was probably actually the month before I realized that, that I was spending so much time in these interviews, went on vacation for a good chunk of the month. And it just so happened with the way our clients worked out, like this was July, I had a lot of time off. And I wouldn't say I did long vacations or things like that, but it was a lot of long weekends that I had in there. So I don't think there was one week in the month of July, I worked an entire week. It was a lot of long weekends. And it just so happened that our clients flowed in. We had people that signed in July, but they didn't want to start till August or things like that, where everything just worked out perfectly for July. And when your kids go back to school, they don't want to sign until after summer break. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So July was a great revenue month, but it was a, it was kind of quiet when it came to work compared to like the other months, like August and September and stuff like that, where then I was interviewing people 20 plus hours a weekend sometimes. But anyway, in July was so nice. And it was just one of those things where I realized the benefit of having somebody because some of the places where we were that month on vacation I didn't have cell phone signal. We were camping, we were hiking. And so I had to trust my employee who had only been with me since May to do the things that I needed her to do so things would be ready for me when I came in to do work. So there were some weeks where I only worked two days that entire week just because we had trips on both sides of camping and I wasn't available on those days. And I could 
turn on my computer at whatever time I started, have a full day of interviews or client meetings scheduled because she took care of all that scheduling for me, completed my work, and then she was taking care of stuff on the back end. And it was just like, I was actually really able to take time away from the office then and things were getting done. So then fast forward a few months later, where then I had so much stuff on my plate, it was once again, realizing that I was like, if I take a day off, where are these other interviews going to go on my calendar? You know, it's not fair to my clients to say, sorry, I couldn't interview anybody for you this week because I didn't have time. So I know that's going to delay your decision. It's going to delay you getting someone else on your team. And I was just like, I couldn't do that to my clients. It's like, if there's candidates available and they can interview this week, we need to get them in for an interview this week. Now, why don't you think you could do that to your clients? What was that driving factor behind that? So I think like part of it is we take over the hiring process for them. So that way that stuff's getting done and not getting pushed off because they don't have time. And I feel like as as a client, you should feel like you're not always getting pushed aside because the person has other clients, that they have time for you as well. And it's that balancing act. Okay, I can't meet with you Monday at 3 p.m. because you might have another client meeting, but I can meet with you at this time. And it's like, okay, you don't get all my time, but you get a valuable part of my time. And I felt like at times when I was overwhelmed that I wasn't, I I didn't want to get to the point where I couldn't give my clients the time that they were paying for. And so to me, I look at that as it's kind of that customer service perspective. It's like, well, yeah, if something happens or there's a week where I'm traveling and I really, really don't have the time, like I've communicated that to clients now. It's like, okay, you know, this we can't get these interviews on the calendar until next week because based on my availability and the candidate's availability, that's the first time we both have availability. There's things where that happens, but I don't want that to be the norm. I don't want it to be like, well, I can't do anything for this client this week because I'm overwhelmed. It's not fair to the client. And I feel like that's also a sign where that's when you really need that that additional help. You need to make sure your customers feel valued, feel that they're getting the service that they're paying for. When they're paying for us, to help speed up this hiring process because they don't have the time for the interview. I can't make it the same thing as them because that's their problem. They might not be able to do those interviews until next week. So they want them, someone who could do them quicker. So if I tell them the same thing, oh, I'm too busy. I can't get to your stuff. What was the point of them hiring me and paying me all that money? What was the problem you were supposed to be solving for them? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it is one of those things that's like the reality of business. You're Sometimes you have to push things off for your clients. You're not going to be able to get to it. But the norm should be that I can get interviews scheduled when candidates come in and that soonest available time and have time within that week to be able to do it. And it was just like one of those things where like, yeah, it's like realizing all that and wanting to be that for my clients, wanting to provide that good customer service, wanting to be able to spend time with my family and not feel like my business is failing because I take a day off or I have to be attached to my phone when I take that day off. And it was just like these feelings of like, where do I really want to be in my business? And in some ways, then it allowed me to also be able to take on more stuff at times because I knew all the work wasn't going to be on me. So I was able to have those higher sales months. I was able to say yes to more things that lit me up, that I was passionate about because I had the availability within my business to do it because I wasn't doing all all the work inside my business. Yes. And I love exactly what you do. 
it's definitely right in the line. Like you're hiring that great person that's going to come into someone's company and really help them get out of the weeds of the things that they shouldn't be doing so they can focus on the things they really should. And then with my systems, they're designed to make sure that that new hire is going in and doing that same high level quality work that that person once did before, but now someone else can do it. And if that person for God forbid has to leave or something like that last minute, you can put someone else in that same place and you won't miss a beat. So I love the fact that we have that synergy and definitely, definitely that feeling in that knowing that we know we need to do less in our business to delegate, to automate, to really hand off those tasks to other people, or we won't have that business in the long run. Right. And I think like, you know, what you do is really important. So even though in the process it comes, okay, you got to hire the person and then they're going to go into these processes that you set up. I really think it's important to think through those processes before you start the hiring process. Because I have found that when businesses go and think through their processes, sometimes their needs change. When they figure out, okay, maybe I was doing it this way because, well, it's just out of habit. My business started here, my business evolved, but they never evolved their processes as their business did. And they're still doing these things that's as I'm sure you find all the time, you're probably like, yep, yep, I see this all the time. You're kind of working against your process versus having the most efficient process. So when you go through and do that process work, it can help you really identify of like, well, this I thought was the bottleneck and where I really needed help, but that's because I'm putting 20 steps here that don't belong, where this is really where the help could be of value or just knowing the handoffs. The handoffs are so important. How is this person going to be notified of their work? How is this person going to know what they're supposed to be doing on a day-to-day basis? And when you think through that, it can change that makeup of your idea candidates. So recently, I've had a few people that have come to me where I'm just like, as I mentioned, I love working with the business owner that's getting ready to take things off their plate. So we're helping fill positions that have never existed in in this business Mm. before. And I'll have to tell them, you're not ready to hire yet. You need to go do this work before I'll take you on as a client. Otherwise, we run the risk of you hiring the wrong person. And six months down the road, you're not going to see the return on your investments of having this person on your team because they're not doing the work that is optimal for your business. Or you're going to be like, I hired this person and now I get to get another person and I don't have the money to pay for two people. And it's like, well, you really just need the right person instead of two uh possibly okay okay people (laughs) i i so agree with that because when i whenever i hadn't mapped out my job description and those task lists those things that i really needed that person to do and take off my plate that is when i ended up hiring wrong and i ended up spending so much time so much energy so much money into that wrong hire because i wasn't clear on exactly what i needed that person to do for my company Yes, yes. And it's it's not saying that things won't change. You know, for example, like as I mentioned, like I had a team member, she was working for me 10 hours a week on part of my projects. And that's really what I needed at that point in time was her coming in and helping with reviewing resumes and the schedules. My business then grew and changed. And then I realized I needed help with the interviews. And as I mentioned, our service offerings kind of changed. So we kind of cut back on the number of full service recruiting clients that we were taking just because we changed our qualifications of the type of projects we would take on. Mm -hmm. And with that change, I didn't need someone at the same scale, like doing that type of stuff. And that's when I realized that I needed help with some of the marketing. So it was like having to say, okay, this position needs to change again. And I even had a conversation with my team member at that point in time, that one in particular, she was working for me 20 hours a week. And I said, as you can see, because of the changes we made, 
there is no longer all these interviews that we had when you first started. And I don't imagine the number of interviews we're doing on a weekly basis ever being at that point again until the business significantly grows and we have a lot more team members. So your position no longer exists as I hired you to do it. So here are the options. And part of it was I could cut her hours from 20 hours a week to 10 hours a week, or she could take on these additional marketing tasks. And I said, I recognize that coming on and helping me with interviews and like that HR work and marketing are two completely different things. I'm not going to force this work on you because you might not want to do it, but I'm telling you, this is the only way I can keep you at 20 hours a week Mm -hmm. is if you take on this role as well, because this other role is being scaled back. And I was like, the decision is yours. Like I wasn't forcing you to do anything. I was like, the decision is yours, but this is the decision that needs to be made for my business. And she came back and said, I really need to work 20 hours a week in order to bring the income into my family that is needed. And I don't want to do the marketing work. So we then made the decision that she would leave the organization. I think I gave her like a month and a half where she could keep working at the hours that she was in order to go and find something else. And you know, made that made that exit plan because that role no longer fit the where my business grew to. So it was the right role when I brought her on. But then as my business continued to grow and evolve, it was no longer the right role. I really love the way that you handled that because then that person you hired, they don't feel hurt or bitter or sad at the way that you handled it. You didn't just let her off and say, well, you're no longer serving the purpose. It was a really nice, easy, fair way of saying, hey, I don't need this anymore for my company in the direction that we're going now. Can you take on these other tasks and we can still keep you or, you know, what is the decision that you want to do? I love, love, love that. So I see that you're definitely doing less in your business. Doing less has tremendously transformed my life. What is one extra thing that you can do moving forward in your business today to start doing less? So, ooh, good question. I think it's one of the things you really need to do is evaluate the impact of everything you're doing in your business. Because I feel like one of the things is we add so much to our plate in the beginning because we're trying things out and we're testing things and we're told that this should work. But not everything works for every business. If you think like marketing, sometimes we're just like, how do you know what marketing platform is best for your business? Well, sometimes you just got to go and try them all. You got to see what you like. You got to see what connects with your audience and you got to do all that. But then you get to a point where it's just like, okay, it's no longer worth you spending time there. But sometimes we get in these habits and we're afraid to let things go. And so I really say, look at everything you're doing and saying, how is this moving the needle? Mm -hmm. And there's going to be things that you have to do. You have to do your bookkeeping. You have to do your taxes, no matter if that lights you up or you see the impact or not. You know, there's impact in doing that. If you're not seeing it, that's probably a task eventually you have to delegate so you can have the person that's really doing great things with those numbers in terms of helping you see what you're missing because that's not your area of expertise. But there's other things that you can probably say goodbye to. Yeah. There's other things that that are just not moving the needle where it's supposed to. And you know, for example, and I was previously in these uh strategic partner relationships that were insurmountable in helping me grow my business. They gave me, you know, some some great experience, they gave me confidence and all these things, but they got to a point where they were my least favorite projects to take on. Mm. And part of it was, is just the way that 
some some type of clients, some of the because in some ways they weren't necessarily my clients, they were my strategic partner clients. And sometimes that relationship was just blurred in a ways where I really didn't feel like I had the same connection with these clients as I did with my own clients. And I didn't want to step over like the lines that were drawn with the my strategic partners. And and I was realizing that also these, because of the contracts that we went in, I was also being significantly underpaid for these contracts compared to what the work I was doing and how much I was getting paid for my other contracts. And it was having to make that tough decision of saying goodbye to that revenue in my business, because I really realized that keeping that revenue stream in my business as it was, was not going to work for me. It was actually costing me to take on those clients than to fill those clients with with me going out and seeking clients on my own. And so I had some options that I had to do there. And one of the relationships, it just it's just naturally kind of like faded out. And I'm just like, okay, if they come back, I'm going to like say, okay, here's here's the new rules we're playing with. And one of the other ones, it was me having to say that, say, okay, when we joined, when we started working together, this is what I offered because of the state of my business, my business has significantly changed. My pricing with my clients has significantly gone up as I realized the value that I was providing and what we are offering in order for me to work with your clients, here's what it's going to look like. And I was terrified of sending that information because it was a significant price change for her clients for me to do this. And she immediately bit back and was like, oh yeah, you're 100% worth it. I'll increase the pricing on my side to the clients to this and we're good. And I'm just like, it's I was so terrified funny to how do we're that, so but... scared. Yeah. We're so scared to do yeah. that. We're so scared to ask for what we're worth and worried that we're going to lose out on clients and they don't go anywhere. Yep. Yeah. But it was just realizing that it was like the work that I was doing for them was not of value to my business overall because it was mm -hmm. taking a lot of time and I was getting paid a little money and it just, I just needed to make that change. Like that work was no longer of value. So if I looked at the return, when we say, look at everything to see the return on the investment, even though it was bringing in income, that income was not worth doing the work. If you look at some of the tasks, just because you are told you should do it, or at one point it worked, is it doing the, the is it moving the needle now like it should be? And if it's not, evaluate of either, how do you change it so it does move the needle or stop doing it in your business. You know, it's one of those things like things change, your business changed. What got you here is not going to get you there. Just, mm -hmm. just keep on, keep on going. And I will say even for myself, like some of my own packages, like I realized it was, we're talking about kind of that, that confidence and charging what you're worth and everything. I significantly undercharged at the start significantly. And I think we're probably all guilty of that. So if yes. you're listening to this and you're like, and you're terrified of raising your prices, but you know you should just raise them, just raise them, just do it, do it in small increments if that if that's comfortable for you. But one of the things I realized is the amount of work that it was taking me to complete a project versus what I was getting paid to do it mm -hmm. wasn't aligning, and I had to sit there and and say, how do I change my packages to fit what I was charging? And when I looked at how I could change my packages to fit what I was charging. I wasn't going to be happy with that package. To me, I'm just like, I'm not providing the client what they should be getting for this type of service. The so I can give them this like, problem. yeah, I can give them this like really abbreviated service to match this price, but then I won't feel proud of that work. 
There's nothing in here that I feel confident, comfortable taking out. And that's what motivated me to change my pricing and increase my pricing and said, okay, if I'm not willing to do less than this in a package, then my pricing needs to match what is going to light me up taking on that project. And, and that was part of it. This was the first motivation to raise my pricing. Like I said, I had to raise it in increments. I wasn't comfortable like jumping from where I was to where I thought I should be. But you know, it's just one of those things of if, if you think your package includes the work that it should and you're not willing to change it, change your pricing. So that way it matches your value, the value that you're giving. Okay. So Jamie, if someone wants to learn more about your services, what you do, please let them know where to find you. Yes. So you can learn more about my services and growing your team by going to growingyourteam.com. If you're recognizing in your business that it's time to hire and you want to jump on a call to talk about your hiring needs and see if growing your team can be a fit, go to growingyourteam.com slash jumpstart with jumpstart being all one word and schedule a call. And I'll be happy to help you see uh, how growing your team can help if we're a fit and if we're not a fit, other resources and services that might be a better fit for your current need. Well, thank you for coming on, Jamie. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me today. I really enjoyed this conversation. Listeners, be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review.